Hello and welcome to another Comedian's Interview for my blog and podcast, A Rich Comic Life. My name is Richard Gill and my blog describes my experiences of watching over 1,000 comedians and counting over the last 48 years. I'm delighted to welcome my guest today. It's the wonderful Kate Martin. Yeah. <laughs> Hello, how you doing? <laughs> now that is a welcome. <laughs> Hello. Hello, how you doing? I'm all right. How are you? I'm all right. I'm good. Glad to be here. Lovely to see you. And thank you so much for doing this. You're welcome. Thanks for having me. It's great. It's uh, This is great. It's going to be an interview lasting about 45 minutes to an hour. And it's going to be all about your comedy career. And I'd I like to take that long then. <laughs> <laughs> and, I'd, and I'd like to go right back to the start and ask you, how did you become a comedian in the first place? God, where did it start? Well, uh, it's a few years ago now, but I'd, I guess what got me into it was I'd been, um, I was working full time and studying for a couple of years together. And what I realized was I was, I just become such a miserable cow. Like all I was doing was working or studying, working or studying. Oh. And like to get me to the end of it, I was like, right, when I finish, I am doing something that's just for me. That's just for fun, just for the hell of it. And, uh, uh, and that's kind of what got me to the end of it. And uh, uh, and so but when I finished that, I just got into doing some like improv workshops. Loved it. Absolutely loved it. It was great. It was just like, you know, adult playtime. Loved it. <laughs> and then uh, they had these like stand-up workshops as well. And people, a few people had said, oh, you should do it. And I was like, no, don't be ridiculous. Okay. Uh, so then, then that's what got me into it. And I just fell in love with it. Like, uh, so that was a few years back now. But so, you know, all that effort I put into studying and kind of ditched it all and started doing this instead. But, you know. What's better? Exactly. exactly. <laughs> it's similar to me because uh, my my background, I, I was a civil servant for 17 yeah. years. I then worked in a school for 11 years, and I've just started a brand-new job in the council, once with council, and, which I love. But it's all yeah. admin. It's all yeah. it's fine. But um, I was looking for something else other than the norm, yeah. And I found comedy. I, I, mean, I mean, my first ever comedy show was in the early 70s with the with my mum and dad and my brother, which was Les Dawson in Scarborough, oh which was fantastic. <laughs> and then and then a year later, we saw yeah. Tommy Cooper and I got a bug for it. But I, I just wrote everything down. I had a giant spreadsheet. And then one day I thought... Yeah. I thought, who's gonna who's gonna want to know about this? But I think I've got, I've got an idea here, and the blog started, and then the podcast took off, and it's, it's amazing. I think I think what's wonderful is that it's unique because it's coming from an audience point of view, and also it um, envelops the up and coming comedians as well as the new established ones as well. Yeah. So um, yeah, I'm very very proud of it, and I'm delighted to have you as a guest on. I really am. Oh, great. <laughs> I'm really delighted to be, and I've I've seen you know I've read. The, loads of blogs and it's right it's really interesting to see like uh it's like an archive comedians and comedy and the different types on offer do you know what i mean yeah 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 it's, it's it is incredible um so what sort of year are we talking about when you did your first gig god where are we now it was probably 20 late 2019 tw yeah about 2019 right. first start so yeah. relatively new yeah. yeah yeah and i picked yeah. a great time to start do you know what i mean decide to make a bit of a change start getting into something new i can't think of anything that's really got in the way of that in the meantime at all actually wow so um well you've done remarkably well <laughs> um uh over 
when you first started out, yeah. was it the sort of way in where you did five minutes here and there in, in pubs, in audiences? Because I'm forever audience friends. Because yeah, yeah. of my laugh, I go and I and and they think it's amazing and all the rest of it, which I love. But it's is brilliant. that? I mean, my... yeah. I mean, that's. I mean, you're you're you definitely know you're in the room, which is brilliant. Uh, <laughs> only more people laugh like you did. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I, so I did. Yeah, I did this comedy course, and there was like an end of course show, which probably was like I remember people saying to me, "Enjoy this because it will be." You know, when we were nervous beforehand, people were like. This will be the best gig you ever do because everybody in this room wants ev everybody to do well, and they're like the yeah. least critical audience. So they were probably right, actually. Um, yeah. So yeah, I did that and like got the bug for it, and then yeah, did a few open mics around about. Um, like you say, starting off with the five minutes, and like I mean, I remember even back then it was like the thought of even getting to five minutes and have like felt like impossible. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, then you're doing a bit longer and a bit longer, but because of the pandemic like so I did a few gigs in real life and then start had to start doing stuff online which was just yeah, yeah. I mean you know yeah. as everybody knows it's so different different bowl so, game 100% yeah. so when that um, stopped and I sort of got back into the real world again I was like I don't know if any of the stuff I've been doing online is going to be even vaguely funny in real life because like you don't get the same feedback and stuff do you no well no <laughs> I suppose <laughs> not um but uh, um so um when you first started, did you find it difficult to get gigs, or or, or was were were certain places or or anywhere easy to go to to ask for gigs? Were were pubs or rooms crying out for for comedians to go on? Yeah, but I suppose like living in London, I suppose you're yeah. really lucky because there's so many like decent open mic nights that are yeah. Um, there's just you know there's so many open mic nights you can get on loads of places offering open spots so yeah. it was it was a bit there's just so many to sort of choose from I suppose but I think you know it's really lucky living in somewhere like London where there's so much of that and there's a really good scene and quickly you meet people who put you in touch with other people who've got other yeah. gigs and so I it was it was kind of fine yeah I mean I guess what was hard was coming out the other side of the pandemic when when things first started to open up again like there was such a hustle for spots because there was all this like you know uh so much more competition because everyone was kind of waiting to get back on to get back on so that was that was harder then i think um just because of yeah people have been locked away no, that hadn't it, been was, so many... it was an extraordinary awful time i mean yeah. uh, and, and and the industry got absolutely decimated yeah. thank, thank god it's it's come back you know yeah. because uh the the opportunities for comedians now are massive would you agree that the more gigs you did, the better experience you got? It's all about oh. experience. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Like, I remember thinking, like the first five and tens. I remember thinking, God, I don't know how I could ever make this any tighter because you know. And then, and it's true. It, what, you know, people always say to you, you'll end up cutting and cutting and cutting. And what's in your first five or your first ten? You'll have a few lines left of it in the end. And and I was like, I just can't see how that's possible. And you keep doing it and you keep doing it. And you realise, oh, no, there's a lot of waffle in that. And I could get another line in there and another line in there. Yeah, yeah. It just kind of works itself out over time. It gets tighter and tighter. Um, uh, yeah, it's, it's and but, you know, I just did, I did, I did the full run of Edinburgh this time for the first, first time. I, sh I shared an hour with a delightful Daniel Fox. But like doing the broadly like the same half hour, yeah. 24 nights in a run, 
just immeasurably different and measurably better, I think. Well, I hope so anyway. Feels a, I feel a lot better by the end of it just because it's like you're in boot camp. <laughs> well, it's the well, it's the experience of different audiences as well, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, and that we did. We got such different audiences every night and what would really work one night would kind of, you know, I felt would be, I don't know, would land a bit differently with a different audience. So you had mm. to find in the moment, you had to be quite reactive and had a different tag on or something like that. So it definitely it was a real good workout. And a, and a good workout in, in when there's a real comedy savvy, savvy audience, you know, they're not going to, you're not yeah. going to get a lot off with anything. So it was. Uh, I, I can not imagine you ever having a bad gig because, because you're so enthusiastic on stage. Um, have you had any difficult gigs as yeah. opposed to good gigs? Yeah, 100% I've had yes. <laughs> you want to give yeah, an I mean, example? You know, sadly, enthusiasm, enthusiasm, I don't know what that word was, enthusiasm can only carry me so far, I suppose. Yeah, oh God, I've had loads, you know, where, uh, oh, I'm trying to think of some. I remember one, it was like the hottest day of the year, I don't know, last year, the year before. People didn't know the night was, I don't think people in this pub really expected there to be comedy on. I think it was all of a sudden they were there having a nice quiet pint and all of a sudden there's four comedians are going to come and interrupt that. You know, <laughs> they were hot, they were flustered. No one really wanted to be there. And I honestly, I don't, I don't think any of us really got anything. And it was like, that was my first like really tough gig where I was like, Oh God, like, you know, my normal, maybe 15 minutes of material I've got through in maybe 11 minutes because there's just nothing coming back. And like, you just stood there going, oh, my God, this is like, <laughs> like you have to keep going. <laughs> you just got to keep going. Right. So you keep kind of plowing on. And I don't know. It was like it's really hard not to sink back into yourself. I think I think probably and probably to the annoyance of the people in the audience. Yeah. I got even louder and even bigger and even more enthusiastic. <laughs> even though well, that's what it was kind that's of dying inside. Love. But. That's what I love about watching you. Your energy is amazing on stage. It really is. I'm bloody knackered afterwards, mate. It doesn't betray <laughs> the real me because generally I'm, you know, in my 40s now. I'm quite, quite tired a lot of the time. But uh, maybe that's well, why. I'm, I'm 55. With me, they're all laughter lines. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, well, okay. That's okay. You got, I can see that. I can see, I like that. I like that but, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, I, you know, I don't think, I don't think I, Sometimes when I watch like a video clip back to like, I don't know, you know, kind of see how a bit of a set went or whatever. Yeah. I think, oh my God, I I wave my limbs around a lot more than I realise. Like there's That's I've got a lot of thing. limbs. And it, I'm wafting it about all over the place. I'm surprised I don't take people's eye out half the time, but <laughs> well, whilst you're being energetic on stage, um, what do you like to talk about on stage? Do you have any specific themes or any uh current things or anything that comes to mind is is there a specific thing that you like to talk about um i suppose in some ways there's some threads i mean you know being a tall old leather tends to cover most of it do you know what i mean so like <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> uh you know i'm six foot one and a bit so like you know there's lots of anecdotes i suppose or stuff i suppose a lot of it just comes from the ridiculous situations you end up finding yourself in in, in real life like yeah. so i get because i'm tall and i'm not particularly feminine i get mistaken for a bloke quite a lot and you know that just gets some you know just gets you in some funny situations that you're like this is you know this is like comedy's writing itself or um so there's a lot yeah a lot about and i, I guess just stuff that i don't know 
that's, that's a lot of the stuff that I talk about. Anything that interests me, I suppose. Anything that I see a little, I don't know, something that makes me giggle in real life. Uh, you, I try and turn you, it into something. Would you say you're a political comedian? Not overtly. I suppose no. there's an undercurrent in it, in that yeah. you know, there's definitely, I've definitely got quite strong views about quite a lot of stuff. And I always try and, yeah. you know, but I don't, I don't, I don't overtly do stuff around politics at the moment. Yeah. Anyway, it's not. It's not. Yeah. I think because, like in my, you know, my in my in my life, I like people because I work. I've worked in mental health, and you know, like a lot of people have had my own mental health problems. I'm right. I've got family with mental health problems, so people always say to me, "Are you going to do more stuff about mental health in your comedy?" And I'm like, yeah. for the time being, no, because I think this is something different for me. But I think there's always that kind of, even though I'm not overtly doing stuff about it. You're always trying to. I'm always trying to be on kind of on the right side of things, I suppose. Do you know what I mean? Like um, that's great. That's that's not... that's so good. Yeah, yeah. Because um, I think that uh, as soon as you walk on stage, as soon as you talk into the microphone, the audience are yours, and you can you're free to say whatever you want, which is wonderful. Um, and if you can make it as humorous as possible, then that is a trigger. The audience to yeah. listen more, I would think. I don't know. Yeah, but, yeah but and I think different people certainly. just have different styles, right? Like what works yeah. with some, you know, would if I tried to do that, I'd die on my ass. And similarly, I suppose. But um, yeah. I, uh, I don't know. At the moment, I think you know. I'm sure my comedy will evolve over time. It'd be good if it didn't. But at the moment, I just I kind of like to write about I don't know, embarrassing or silly situations I've got in or things that I just find a bit stupid or funny in real life and turn that into something that. It's kind of escapism for me at the moment, I suppose. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you do you have a way of um, remembering all your routines? Do you take a notebook on stage? Do you write things down on your hand? Do you practice beforehand? How do how do you remember it all? I tend I tend to find the actual routines easy to remember because they kind of link together. You know, like once I once I get into a bit, I know where I'm going with it. Where I often, I don't know if I've ever got particularly mixed up, but where I where I think I might get confused or forget is like if I've changed the order of a set. And then what I'll do is like um, before a gig, I'll sit down and I'll just write out like the headlines of like what each chunk is and kind of just work it through my mind and not like not like rehearse the whole not rehearse the whole set, but just be like, okay, I'm going to go from I don't know being mistaken for a man in the toilets to going to um then the, sort of the next bit on being um you know androgynous and the next bit on there do you know what i mean like so once yeah, i've got yeah. those headlines in order in my head usually so it all links in. on stage it yeah. kind of remembers it but yeah sometimes i'll throw myself if i've moved a bit around and i think oh that normally links into that other bit but i've already done that now where am i so uh uh but yeah normally it's fine if i just write the headlines down and just kind of land, land those then normally i'll um yeah, that's 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 fascinating because it it reminds me of the story. Um, other than the other than this blog, yeah. the most creative thing I've ever done is write a play, which Amazing. I want. Yeah, which I, I I I initially I wanted to put it on in Edinburgh. Yeah, which I might still do. I might revise it. But we What's we it put it we put it on for comic relief in twenty or seven, and it's called the applicant. And it's basically about me. My my home city is Carlisle, and I came to London. I've been in London half my life. Yeah. And I had a successful girlfriend in London, but I didn't have a job myself. Yeah. And the, the play is about um, my experiences of having interviews 
and I'd never and 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 the first part of the it's a comedy. I must stress that. <laughs> the, <laughs> yeah, yeah. The, the, Be weird if you didn't write a comedy play. <laughs> right, the the first uh, scene is me in the waiting room. Never had an interview in my life. And I look round and the audience are there and I'm nervous as hell and I start talking to them. So it's a monologue and it's about my life and everything. And then the interviewer comes on, interviews me. And then this, and then it runs in parallel. So it's monologue, interview, monologue, interview. And the more yeah. I do, the more successful I become. Yeah. So my mate, my mate's very good at accents and he played all the interviewers. And um, uh, um, at the end of it, I get given my ideal job. But when I get the in, when I get the job, the interviewer kills me. <laughs> So the last so it's got a happy ending though. <laughs> the last uh, scene is me at the gates of heaven or hell or wherever we go to, being interviewed by God. Love and it. God says to me, um, we've been watching you on planet Earth, and we think the ideal job for you here is to interview corpses to see if they go to heaven or hell. And I shrug my shoulders <laughs> and the lights go out. Love it's it. actually based on the film After Hours, which is um Martin, one of few Martin yeah, Scorsese comedies, and it's it's the film's Griffin Dunn, and he spends the entire film leaves work at the start of it, and he spends the entire film uh, uh, trying to get home, yeah. and at the end, and the ninety minutes he's crashed down on his on his desk, and he just says good morning, Paul, on his computer, so he's never going to get the job. <laughs> so anyway, the point of the story is yeah. there I was running out on the first night with this great long monologue after 10 weeks of rehearsal and I forgot the monologue so I was like <laughs> so I was like a, I was like a rabbit in headlights I was I was like oh what's going on here yeah. I forgot the thing and and um so remembering your routine yeah. is pivotal you know and 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 that's one of the things when I sit there and watch I'm thinking how are they remembering this? Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, and, it's interesting. And, I mean, I suppose there's yeah, yeah there's different tricks to it, I suppose, but I uh, I think the thing that really terrified me, or maybe it's the thing that really terrified me was like, oh my god, what if I forget a line? Like, what yeah. if I forget a bit? And that kind of like, but then the stress and the panic of that was almost like that's taking your mind off the job in the first <laughs> place, right? So like, <laughs> I guess after a while, sometimes I realised there's definitely. There's definitely bits that are absolutely crucial you'll get right. Like if you mess up a punchline or you give it away or something, you know, there's definite things that you cannot leave out or mess up. But I kind of also realised the more I did it, sometimes you say something slightly differently or sometimes, I don't know, you you forget a bit, but then you fill in with another bit. And it yeah. kind of realised it wasn't as disastrous as I thought it might be. And so sort of... I think, I think there are tricks whereby... Certainly with comedians, the audience won't know if you've messed up because you can mm. steer it to how you want. Yeah. And it's similar with plays, I think, as well, because if you forget a line, if you keep going, that's the key. You know, yeah. um, certainly on that first night when I forgot the monologue, I never made the same mistake. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and, yeah. And, and when my mate come on, it, what was interesting, when there was two people on stage, I never messed a line up. Yeah. But being out there on my own, yeah. Um, uh, um, I tried to get all the good jokes in. I tried to get all the yeah. Carlisle references in, all the London references, and I just lost my way. Yeah. And I and and we'd had all this rehearsal, and I just I, I kicked myself for a while afterwards thinking about it. But um, 
I was still proud of the greatest joke in it, which was his name, who oh. was, um, he was called Norman Oliver Hope. So when he got a, a rejection letters, there were no hope, of course. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. You didn't forget that one. Though. That's good. That's yes. all right. But it's, it's so a really interesting thing, isn't it? Like how much we beat ourselves up about stuff when, oh yeah, yeah. You know, like people often don't know if we've missed something out or got something wrong or, you know, what something that we think, oh, you know, that we can come away. Now, sometimes I've come away being really hard on myself. Oh, you know, that line didn't quite land as well tonight. And I wonder why, I wonder if I missed it up or or maybe because I missed this bit out of the setup or whatever. In reality, I think we're much harder on ourselves than perhaps audiences are. Not all the time. Sometimes audiences can be really harsh. But like often, you know, I think we can really go go over and over things. I think actually, there's the, you know, there's the, right uh, the scheme of things. Yeah, there's the, there's the um, Sarah Millican line where she said... Um, she said, "If you have a bad gig, yeah. um, you you may mull on it after the the moment, but you get up tomorrow the next day, and at ten o'clock you forget that and you move on." I, I've always remembered that, and I've always remembered the Ken Dodd line where he's describing laughter, Freud's take on laughter, and uh, he said he said Freud said laughter was, and he described a great long. Where a, a sentence of laughter and <laughs> getting laughs and everything, and then at the end of it, the tagline was, "Mind you, ladies and gentlemen, Freud never played Glasgow Empire on a Friday night." <laughs> <laughs> love it. That's brilliant. And I you, love it. So, so it must be, you know, oh my god, I'm here tonight, or I'm there tonight, or we're at whatever, you know. But what is what is wonderful about watching you, and, and it's the sign of a great comedian, is that you appear to have no fear on stage. Is that correct? <laughs> um, yes and no, I suppose. So I guess uh, I, I mean, before I go on, yeah. But I think then once I'm up, because before I go on, in that second before I go on, I'm like, shit, I've forgotten everything. I don't know. <laughs> oh, my God. My mind's gone blank. Oh, no. Oh, God, I've got to walk out. <laughs> and then I'm out, and I'm like, oh, well, you're here now. Uh, <laughs> and so in that five to ten minutes before I go on, uh, yes, it's, I'm stressed, anxious. I guess when I'm out so there, I'm a bit like, well, I'm here now, aren't I? So I've got to make the best of a bad job. And so once I'm out there, I don't feel that nervous when I'm on stage. No, I enjoy it. I mean, I genuinely enjoy it. And I kind of just think, well, it is what it is now, isn't it? Like, you know, I can't do much more than just go for it. So I think once I'm up there, 99% of the time, I'm loving it. And I am really enjoying it. And even if it's, I don't know, I trip up a bit or something goes a bit wrong, I feel, I feel like, I'm much more at ease with that now and enjoy it. But then, but saying that, I've always, I've, you know, I've trained. My part, of my 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 job is, you know, I used to have to sort of train people around mental health and other stuff. Yeah. Often who don't want to be there. Uh, I've done that for years, so I feel. I guess I've got over that anxiety of public speaking a, a while back. I know it's you know it's different doing comedy. I know that, but kind of you know, I suppose when you've been in training rooms with people who really don't want to listen. And you're kind of you're slogging away to win the round and you've got through all that you've kind of experienced every disaster going you think well if it doesn't go great well never mind i'll survive it so i guess <laughs> you know you just kind of learn to have that comfort in well what's the worst that could happen i suppose yeah yeah do you, do you still get nerves to this day going on stage before a gig yeah i mm. yeah about a few minutes before i go on i just think what am i doing i don't everything's gone my mind's gone blank what am i doing Wow. and then you get out there and you love it i never i never i always think i guess actually what goes through my head every time is 
well, never mind. If this isn't a great gig, I'm, I'm just, you know, everyone doesn't have great gigs. Never mind. I'll just get through it. So I always assume, I think, before I go on, that this is not going to be my gig tonight. <laughs> and then anything is better than that. So if it goes, you know, it's always a positive when you come up, you think, oh, it's better than I thought it was going to be. I, I don't think, intentionally think that. It's just kind of what goes through my head as though. But. I, think, I think how you've played it is you've used it to your advantage, the nerves. So, it's, so, so you're going on with a positive outlook. Well, if it's not very good, I'm, you know, I'm here and I'm doing my best and, and it's all very positive. Um, would, would you say that once you've walked across the stage and you've said your first line, the nerves go? Yeah, definitely. I mean, I, I suppose it's in two bits for me, I suppose. One is the minute I step out, I just think, well, no, I'm here now. So, right, go on then, go for it. And I, I guess that is once once it, once it, I've taken that first step out, I'm like, well, I'm here now. What? So I've just got to do my best and it's going to be what it would be. So almost the minute I step out, that's kind of the nerves of sort of waiting on the side of gone. But then, yeah, of course, like when you go out and you kind of, you, you pick the mic out and you say your first line and you get your first laugh, then you're like, all right, okay. And that, of course, that then you're and kind you of really into the swing of things yeah. then. And but then, and, and then as, I, as I said earlier, because you're getting the laps, you you can then think, right, this audience is mine. I can now say what I want and get it across how I want to say it. And, and you have a wonderful gig. What's your view of comedy competitions? Interesting question. Do you um, like them? Do you think they're good? I like them if I do well in them. Do you think they benefit a comedian's career? Um, I, yeah, I think they're generally, I, I quite enjoy them. You know, whether I've done well or not, you know, some competitions I've, I've, got, I've got further and some, I, you know, I've not got anywhere in. I think they are. I guess what I've enjoyed about them is, you know, it's another opportunity to meet people that are kind of similar experience to you and to, you know, I try broadly, I'll try and see them as another gig. Do you know what I mean? And like enjoy it as I would any other gig um, and see it as a chance to meet other people on the circuit you're practically not always getting to gig with. Um, you know, it's re on one level, I really try and hold in mind these things are all subjective. If you get, if you know, if you go forward, great. If you don't, you don't. I mean, of course, it's always a bit of a kick if you don't get as far as you want yeah. to. But, you know, broadly, I just try and enjoy them and realise that not everyone can, of course, not everyone can get through. So I think they're good. I think some of them are better than others, of course. But I think they're, they're good for meeting people. They're good for gigging with people. Uh, some of them, you know, get you to get with people that you wouldn't have had an opportunity to be in front of before. Often, if, you know, no matter how well you progress or not, you get seen and someone will offer you a gig or something after it. So I think as long as you don't, I try not to set my sights on, oh, you've just got to do well to get something out of it in terms of like progressing through the competition. But I think most ones I've done, I've done a few now, but whether I've done well or not, some things come out of them in terms of meeting someone new or getting a gig out of somebody or, yeah. you know, just realising, oh God, I could have done that better. And next time I'm, I don't know, I need to up my game or whatever. So It's it, it's interesting because um, I didn't, I didn't, I haven't done any competitions with the blog or the podcast mm -hmm. or anything yet. But um, when I first started the blog, I was invited to go for a half day writing class and uh, everybody around me wanted to be reviewers. And the woman who was uh, presenting it said, oh, uh, she, was, she was a bit standoffish. She said, she said, oh, yeah. she said, um, uh, uh, we forget why you're here. And, and, and I, said, I said, well, you invited me. Um, 
And uh, uh, I can say that I'm not a diarist. I'm not a reviewer. I'm not a yeah. critic. I'm a member of the audience and I'm out to have a good time. Yeah. And they never yeah, bothered yeah. me again all, yeah. all day. <laughs> and, it, and, and the rest of the people around me, they all wanted to be reviewers and they laid into them. You can't do yeah. this. You can't say this. And it was fascinating seeing how that worked yeah and uh, i just thought as i said earlier on i think i found something quite unique here yeah and um i think with comedy competitions as well they can be advantageous but as you yeah, say yeah. it does depend on the circumstances of them what what they are and yeah. stuff. it's 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 fascinating um can you describe more about your writing process and where you get your ideas from do you have a writing process I think it would be a real stretch of the definition to say I have a writing process. But, uh, <laughs> I, it's something That's I aspire honesty. to have. Um, I, oh God, yeah, I see some people, I think, oh God, you're so organised and well thought out and planned. And I tend to write things on the bit, bit back of a fag packet when I'm walking from one place to another. And That's wonderful. Um, <laughs> I guess what I am good at, what I've, what I've become really well trained at from listening to other people is, the minute anything props into my mind, I'll note it down. I'll email myself or I'll put it on notes or something. I because the minute you know, the minute you don't write it down, it's gone. And sometimes it'll turn into stuff. Sometimes it won't. Um, so I'm, yeah, I've got pages. God, now it's making me shudder actually because I've got pages and pages of half-assed written notes. The half the time I've written when I'm half asleep, so I don't even know what they are. And if anyone was to read them, they'd probably have a concern for my well-being. But like, <laughs> it's just all over the place. But I kind of try and write it all down, and then I'll eventually if I get a bit of time and this is where I'm not very disciplined or don't really find the time is I do then try and go back to them and try and I don't know cluster them or theme them in some way and see if I can get a bit out of it but so I'm really good at writing the notes well I need to get much better at being a bit more sort of disciplined at then going back to them and theming them or trying to work them up I suppose but um I suppose what I do find a lot is that sometimes just by having gone and written, writing them down, like sometimes if you're on stage, often I end up working things out on stage because not intentionally even, but I don't know, you get heckled or something, you know, an ad lib comes with the audience and then all of a sudden something that you've written down comes out your mouth, you know, and, and you're like, I've oh, got actually, I'm never, never saying that again because that didn't land at all. Or, oh, maybe there is something in that. Do you know what I mean? So <laughs> sometimes I think things come out quite impromptu and then I'll go back and think all right and I mean it must focus on that again um it's it, it it's interesting because um I've told many a comedian this story um uh, I've actually had a go at stand-up comedy myself did you um yeah uh, um it was about 10 years ago yeah. I knew a promoter and uh he said to me um uh, I can get you on a gong show on a Monday afternoon yeah. uh for old folk it couldn't be worse, right? So um, I I uh, did this, wrote this script about me crashing cars in Carlisle or, or mm. being accident prone in a car, yeah. which he loved. And he said, right, right. He said, you've got three minutes. And uh, I ran out and there's three people in the audience. Yeah. And the first thing I said to them was, um, good afternoon, everybody. People think I look like Eddie the Eagle Edwards, the ski jumper, but I can't see the resemblance myself. And of course, I'm his double. <laughs> and one old bloke at the back just went, fuck off! <laughs> <laughs> and I walked up with my head between me. 
please. Oh, God, they can be brutal, the promotion. Can't So I went back out and did it again. Same thing happened. And I said to him, I said, I don't know whether this is for me. I said, I think I'm much better placed in the audience supporting everybody, but never say never. <laughs> that's, I mean, so you never know. The first time was a gong show. I mean, that's pretty... Couldn't like, be worse. <laughs> oh, yeah, I mean, they are brutal. <laughs> have, like, you, have you done any? Yeah, I mean, I've, yeah, I've done a few, and you know, um, yeah, they are terrifying. They are they're, they're ter- terrifying, yeah. but they are brutal. I think is the right word. I just think you, I definitely think they privilege a certain style of comedy over others for sure. In that time and like when it's so, you know, I also think, well, like when like with other gigs, but perhaps it's even more pronounced. You, you can't judge your ability as a comic on a gong show. <laughs> you know, you've got to go. I, you know, I've kind of gone into them knowing, try, just trying to remind myself like what they are and what they're not. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> go for it. Give it a crack. If it goes well, it goes well. If it doesn't, it doesn't. And But yeah, they're, I mean, they're brutal. And often it just depends. Like if, you know, if, if four people before you have got through, then you go on. Well, they just want to vote somebody off. It's not always about how good or not you are. It's 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 a fascinating thing because again it again it's a competition yeah and 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 it, and I don't know whether it's it's good or not because the audience seem to be paying for the ones that yeah. that that they don't like and the whole my whole outlook of going to a comedy show is not to listen to an audience baying for comedians it's to listen to the comedians and laugh yeah. so it it so it's 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 an interesting thing, and and uh, and of course I hate them after that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, they. I mean, they are what they are, aren't they? Do you know? What yeah, I mean? yeah, I don't yeah, think, yeah. I don't know. Maybe, they are. Maybe have another go one day. <laughs> Come on, you see, or maybe try and do a normal open spot, like yeah. rather than going for a gong show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, you'd be going take that material back and do it like you know what. There's loads of you. You know it. There's great open mics and open spots everywhere. Yeah. Plus, and I mean, um, if anybody's got a way in to almost every promoter in the land, bit, yeah, it's very, I think plus, it might be of you. course, um, this could be the start of me running my own comedy night. God help you all, that would be good, wouldn't it? So, yeah, well, I mean, now you've said it, and now I think we have evidence <laughs> on record. So on I'm gonna list. listen back to this. If you edit that bit out, I'm gonna, I'll, I'll, I'll cause a stink, right? So, now we have it. <laughs> On the, I have it on good authority from you yourself on record that you're going to an idea. <laughs> Is it going to be a brutal gong show? Oh, no, no, no. It wouldn't be a gong show. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, that would be cruel. <laughs> that would be so funny if you were just like, yeah, yeah, yeah the, the, the Richard Gill gong hour. <laughs> yeah. You get 30 seconds and you're off. <laughs> and it'll anyway, only be you with the Let's gong. move on. That's all pie in the sky. Let's move on. <laughs> um, I am very privileged uh, every year to be able to go to the Edinburgh Fringe. I've been going since 2005, and I've missed two of them. Was it around in those days? Yeah, yeah. It started <laughs> in 1947. Because <laughs> of course you know that. 20 years before I was born. <laughs> <laughs> now I'm, I'm going to try and do some math. It escapes me. I'll come back to that. I'll work that out. <laughs> And I and I go and I love it and yeah. uh, it's I, I see about fifty shows. I'm exhausted by the end of it. Yeah. Um, I saw you outside the Pleasance Courtyard this particular year in 2022. And was this the first year you'd been, or the first year you had your show, or the first, had you gone up as a punter before? Or? Yeah, so I went a few years ago. I think I think maybe 2015, right. 2016. I went as a punter just for a yeah. for sort of five days and 
did like you did crammed in you know six eight shows a day and <laughs> came away being like I don't know who I've seen or what I've done because you, it's amazing <laughs> isn't it you, 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 one show after another. <laughs> you can't it just becomes like all molded into one and it's yeah. like you never never amazing. had time to process anything but, but I mean I loved it um yeah. uh I ate far too much haggis and chips so far of course. Shows. <laughs> loved every minute of it yeah so that was great um I did do about five days up there last year just to, kind of went up and did a couple of work in progress and you know hopped on a few spots and did like was that was that like a full solo show like a half hour or 45 minutes it was half hour yeah yeah, so yeah, I split an yeah, hour yeah and then and then this year did the full month um again split an hour um with daniel fox and Really, this year I wanted to learn. Yeah, I wanted to make the material better, which I, you know, hopefully some bits did get better, some bits definitely didn't. Uh, but really, I just wanted to learn how the hell do you survive being up in Edinburgh for a month? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Losing the plot and yeah. how do you cope doing the same show every day? And you know, so I kind of went up more to just to kind of figure that out really, and and loved it. I mean, it was I was absolutely exhausted and realised that at my age, doing a show at ten thirty every night, I'm way too old for. And I. <laughs> I've never been a violent woman, but about halfway through, someone said to me, oh, God, I can't wait to have a night in tomorrow. And I was like, a night in? I can't have a night in. Because every night about half ten, I was nearly lost it because all I wanted to do was like sit on my pants and watch, oh, no, sit, sit in my pants on the couch and watch Netflix for a night. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, apart from that, I loved it. Um, and, and of course, Daniel Fox, who you were with, he is a great comedian. He's excellent. Yeah, amazing. So the two of you would have been would have been magic. It was brilliant. Do you know what? I couldn't have picked someone better to do it with. Like we both got the same haircut, um, <laughs> except mine's better. Uh, <laughs> same haircut. One's blonde. One's not. Um, uh, one's funny. One's not. So sadly, yeah. he got the humour. I got the hair. Uh, <laughs> no, it was a great combination. He's a good mate, and it, we worked really. You know, we drew a similar crowd. Like our yeah, materials. Yeah you know similar enough that we work well together but different enough that there was no you know we're, we're quite different in our kind of you know in other ways so yeah it was great fun really great. and we didn't kill each other as well which was amazing well there you are <laughs> I mean, he might have wanted to kill me but he didn't and i really really <laughs> value his restraint actually yeah. <laughs> what um what to date do you think has been your comedy highlight you think that was doing edinburgh definitely, that's definitely one of them yeah. Definitely one of them coming back alive yes. from a month in Edinburgh, uh, where I barely saw a vitamin the entire time, I think was probably uh, definitely a highlight. Um, yeah, I think that, yeah, I was really, yeah, I really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed it. And it really just helped me figure out like what I need to do in terms of like starting to think about taking my own show and, and stuff. So it was really, you know, it was great seeing so many of the people's like debut shows and going to yeah. see more established comics and, yeah, just so, so, the so, structure of an hour. Well, that's the thing. I, I was just going to say, in, in 2023, is that going to be your first hour? For sure, I don't know. Know. Good question. I think, I think I'll think i definitely do 45 next year. Whether I'll do an hour, I don't know yet. I think... Uh, you, could maybe, you could maybe do something like the Comedy Zone where there's three of you, yeah. three 20 minutes each, because yeah. that's like a little step up and then you're away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That so yeah, it was fun. it was good doing it this year. That was great. I think I think to do an hour, I think probably the year after for sure. I don't mm -hmm. know. We'll see this year maybe. Um I'll definitely maybe try and do a 45 this year. 
if I um uh, so next year. I'm sorry. sure you will. I'm, uh, I'm sure but not will. I doubt, an hour of the year after I reckon. Yeah, I think so because um, I'm I'm looking at two years possibly resurrecting my show and putting yeah. it up there, my play. So when I've got my play on and you're yeah. doing your one hour, Deal. we'll have a beer. <laughs> and also by then you'll have had your comedy night set up as we determined earlier. Uh, your Richie's brutal gong night, uh, which we can bring up there as well. That would yeah. be great. Just you know, just suck the life out of everybody a little bit more because that's what people need. Uh, sounds great. Yeah, no, I think, I think the year next maybe. It's a, it's a lot. It's a lot to get from 30 minutes up to an hour and to have like, yeah, yeah. there were so many exceptional shows this year. Like, Oh. It was great to see, but it really kind of makes you realise, God, it's, you know, there's so much work and craft goes into that. Though. It was, it was amazing, yeah. Um, but but of course, everybody had been writing because of the pandemic, and they were all ready to go with new shows. And we thought particularly outstanding was um, Brennan Reese, who I'd never seen live, and Sean Walsh just did. Yeah. Sean Walsh got nominated. Yeah. And uh, the the comedy about his dad, the comedy show about his dad was extraordinary. It yeah. really was. Yeah, um, I thought Brennan's was really clever. I loved yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We didn't get to see his yeah. but Brennan's, I loved. It was so clever. Yeah, very, very funny, man. Very funny, man. Um, do you have any ambitions as a comedian? None at all. <laughs> Absolutely none at all. Nice I'm realistic. Any any ambitions? <laughs> would you like to be on TV? Would you like your own quiz show? Anything like that? Well, first, I mean, I would like to be the host of your new comedy night, first off. Uh, <laughs> well, I'll talk that behind me. Now I've got my own podcast <laughs> with you. That's one ambition out of the way. Um, I mean, I don't know. I just, I don't know. I'm just genuinely I'm just happy to see where it goes. I yeah, love, yeah, it. yeah. I love it. I'm gigging in loads of different places. I'm starting to MC more, which I like. You know, I, you know, Starting to think about writing a bit of a longer show. I mean, of course, who would say no to being on telly or radio yeah, yeah, or yeah. you know whatever? But I don't know. I'll just see where it goes. I'm a bit. You find um, you find emceeing better than performing a routine. I don't know if I'd say better, but different. I get different mm -hmm. things from both of them. In in what I sense? Quite like the because I, I guess the favourite bits about when I'm doing a set are those off-the-cuff ad-lib moments where you can just go, you know, go with something and then you kind of go back to your, back to your material. So I do like that kind of like the back and forth and the kind of off-the-cuff moments. Yeah. So I really enjoy that emceeing because um, you can just do more of that whole, the whole well, it's all about that, right, really? So, so I don't know if it's better as such, but I definitely like them for different reasons equally. What was what was particularly impressive because I I saw you at um, Epic Comedy, which is Paul Cox's yeah group of comedy clubs. Dancing. That was a night when it was about four hundred degrees, wasn't it? It was boiling, and it, <laughs> yeah. and, and, and and it was Paul McCaffrey who's been on here, you who have now been on here, yeah. and Clinton Baptiste, uh, Alex Lowe, who's also been on here, and uh, and Paul Cox has also mm. been running. Um, uh, and and I thought I, I was delighted for him because he he was a comic who we said at the start who I first uh, championed on the five minute um, uh, uh, comedy nights and I went uh, uh, I saw him at Birdies quite a lot Birdies Comedy Club in, on the Strand which was a yeah. free 
And um, for him to do the comedy club like he does down there is amazing. Yeah. And your 20 minutes, um, you weren't only just enthousi- enthusiastic and energetic, but I thought you were brilliant with an audience as well. So I can see where the MC in and the comparing, you like doing it because you're very easy going with an audience and very warm with them. Yeah, and I, I yeah, that's a bit I enjoyed. I, I definitely sort of in no, maybe not all the routines, but quite a lot of the routines. I always try and build in a bit where I know I'll have to do a bit with the audience, and you know, like because yeah, I, I and I suppose over time, I suppose when you're doing that in bits over time, you get used to all the reactions that you might get. So it's yeah. it's not always as off the cuff as you as it is at the start for sure. But um, I enjoy, I just enjoy that playfulness, that backwards and forwards, and like, uh, and sort of. Yeah, I don't know. I just enjoy playing around with it. I think that's the, that's the that's the bit I enjoy the most. I reckon that's brilliant. It's 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 really good, and it's a great quality to have as a comedian. You know, to 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 bounce off the audience yeah. and to just produce. But it's comedy. interesting because, like, recently I've like learning to do that in different style rooms. Right. So, like, you know, Paul Cox is like that night we're at. Like, you know, everyone's sat around, right? Everyone's close to you. Everyone's like, you can, you're kind of right next to the audience, right? So you can really get playful with it. <laughs> But then I remember the first time I did more of a, like a theatre crowd where it was like you're, you know, you're on the highest stage and you're like a metre or two metres away from the audience. And all of a sudden I realised, like talk about difficult gigs, all of a sudden I realised like, oh no, about five of my lines aren't going to work because <laughs> just because they're further away and like the off the cuff bits or the bits where I get them involved. I remember standing there on stage going, Oh shit! Like doing a bit of it, like I'm like performing and I'm talking about stuff at the same time. In my head, I'm going, "Holy shit! This line's coming in a minute. I don't know how to do it. I don't know what to bring in, and I don't know what to say on this." And it's like, um, uh. but you know, I mean, that's all part of the learning. So that that's definitely stuff I'm having to like building more into the writing now. Like, yeah, if you wanted, if I want to do more like interaction with the audience, knowing how to do that in different venues, like that. Oh my god! I mean, I, I definitely learned that the. I wouldn't say the hard way as such but it was it was definitely a learning curve when I was like like literally in that moment realizing this is now not going to work <laughs> or work differently but you but you got through it <laughs> yeah, I got through it I just all experience <laughs> just yeah I mean and sometimes you just have to um I don't know well I've got it's like what I was saying before like sometimes you're just like well I'm here now. It's tough shit, in it? I've got to go yeah with it. yeah like, and it's always it. learning for the next time like I did yeah yeah kind of leave yeah. that thinking Oh shit! What ne- what would I do next time? <laughs> Who are your favourite comedians, past and present? Oh my god, this is impossible. So many. <laughs> I mean, it would be. I mean, unsurprising to say, like, I, I grew up with Victoria Wood, and like, I remember, I, I remember buying Brilliant. her script books as a kid, oh, and, like acting out so a lot sadly, of her routines is. that. Yeah. I probably was a bit too young to act out, actually, but never mind. Uh, but yeah, loved them. Loved her. And like, there's so many amazing comics out at the moment. Like, you know, like, uh, sort of so many brilliant shows in Edinburgh. Like, new and more established comics. Like, Esther Manito's brilliant. Yeah. Jen Ives. I thought her yeah. show in Edinburgh was phenomenal. Um, uh, I loved the structure of Brennan Reese's show and how he took you on a journey through that. Like, yeah. I don't know. There's just it was it was so good. Yeah, and like, uh, I like how. Um, Oh, I'm trying to think. There's such a long list. You can edit this bit out, please. Uh, There's so many of them. There's <laughs> yeah. so many of them. I know. And part part of the blog is to 
um, champion all, as I said earlier on. Um, and uh, um, I, I've seen ev- just about everybody I want to see live except Morecambe and Wise. I, I wish I'd seen them live in the 70s. Yeah. I think I had a chance. There's a there's a, a section in my blog called The Ones That Got Away, and I wrote, I've written 25 um, comedians that have either passed on or I've not had a chance to see, and they're, they're top yeah. of the list. Dave Allen, um, I never saw Bob Monkhouse, I'd love to have seen. Um, Norman Wisdom, Frankie Howard. There's, there's so many of them still now. And the wonderful thing is now, uh, right now, is there must be about seven, 800 comedians on the circuit. So it's wonderful to go yeah. and try and find the new talent. But yeah. but certainly over the years, um, uh, I've I've seen um, Frank Skinner, Victoria Wood live. In, wow. She played Carlisle, which was extraordinary. She, she walked on and the first thing she said to the audience was, um, can anybody please tell me where I am? I <laughs> <laughs> love it. I love it. And they loved her from then on. <laughs> she, that I was I, honestly, yeah, and I just this year, like I saw so many shows, and yeah, like I honestly thought they were all brilliant. Like Amy Gledhill's yeah. show this year was. Oh, she, she's superb. Oh, I mean, her. She's just got such presence on stage. Yeah, and like she's got such a good energy about. Her. I saw both, like in a like delightful softy down her solo show. Yeah, yeah. I thought she was <laughs> phenomenal. Yeah. Um, she she is brilliant. She's 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 so good. Uh, I've I've been I've been very lucky to be in London for half my life, thirty years. And when 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 I first came down, um, I first went to the Comedy Store in about nineteen eighty eight, and on the bill was Phil Jupiter's, uh, Richard Morton, um, uh, Linda Smith, God bless her, um, uh, and. Uh, um, uh, Charles Fleischer topped the bill. Now, Charles Fleischer was an American wacky comedian who was never heard of again because he went mm. to Hollywood and he voiced Roger Rabbit, which was extraordinary. Oh, my God. I'm so pleased. I, and it's things like that that, yeah. you, that, that the blog is a wonderful archive for. I, I, I'm very lucky to meet a load of the comedians now. I love Harry Hill and... Um, uh, I met him very yeah. recently, and and he still to this day has my favourite opening line to any gig. I saw him thirty years ago uh, downstairs at the King's Head in Crouch End. He yeah. brushed past me and he jumped up on stage, and he said, "Ladies and gentlemen, uh, I'm really sorry I'm late. I had to have a testicle brought down," and everybody burst out laughing. And then he said, "From Derby." <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Love it. And when I when I met him, he went he went. Well, I still say that to this day, Rich. <laughs> still wow, gets wow. laughs. Amazing. <laughs> and and it's 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 things like that. It's it's yeah. it's wonderful. Um, like me, do you go to a lot of gigs as a member of the audience? I did. I mean, Edinburgh was the time I went to see loads because, of course, I yeah. was up there and had the time while I was doing my. I would love to, now. I'd love to see more because I just don't have the time. Because you know, I work full time and I'm gigging. Um. I I've seen a couple recently. I saw like Joe Lysett's tour, I oh, tour show recently, which was you know it was just brilliant. He's um, so good, yeah. yeah. So that was fantastic. Yeah. Um, so I, I don't see as much as I'd like to see, but then I guess you're seeing loads of other acts all the time, aren't you? But um, it's uh, it's it's a joy to go. I, I think I think the whole process of going is wonderful, and and 
if I can take my enthusiasm along, which I always do, what's not to love, you know, yeah, because 100%. it's just, it, I, I know that might sound big headed, but it, but it's, it's, they always say the, the compares always say, if you give the comedians all you've got, yeah. they'll do a better thing. And, and yeah. you can see when, when, you, when, you've a, when you've got an enthusiastic audience there, if you're on a bill of comedians, would you stay and watch them? If I can, yeah. Normally, the yeah. only time I don't is if, for whatever reason, I've got to travel yeah. back. You know, I've yeah. got to leave for travel. But normally, yeah, because I think that's part of the, that's part of the, that's what you what you get from it, right? That yeah, you're yeah, wrong, yeah. but it's always great seeing, uh, being able to stay and watch others and seeing there. So like, if I'm on in the middle or whatever, I always try and get there to see who's opening, or wherever I'm, I'll try and then stay for whoever's on after me, um. Because that's part of the fun of it. And even sometimes if you've, if you've gigged with someone on a fair few times recently, I still always enjoy, because it's always a bit different, you know. Yeah, yeah, of course it is. So, it's always Yeah, different. I do try to most of the time. Yeah. Um, have you ever, has there ever been nights where you do two or three gigs in different comedy clubs? Do you do, you do because that must be quite difficult to manoeuvre, getting Yeah, I mean, Edinburgh, Edinburgh was the main one, like hopping from spot to spot to spot. Um, I've done a couple. Yeah, we're doing two in the two in the same yeah. night, and it I mean, it's great fun. It's great fun if you can get them. Um, yeah, but, yeah. Trying to, I mean, timing isn't my strong point. So getting from one place <laughs> to another on time, you know. But you know, yeah, all good fun, all good fun. No, that's brilliant. brilliant. How have you found online gigs? You mentioned online gigs at the top of the show. How how did you find them as opposed to live gigs? And what do you think the future is for comedy? I, it was really hard actually to compare because I started doing online gigs when I was still really, really, really new. So they were some of my first experiences. So it was, it was, you know, at the time that was, if that was, they were the ones I could get. So I went for them. And yeah, I think what was brilliant about them, and I guess what stays to be brilliant about them is that they open up comedy to people who perhaps can't get to a comedy club for whatever yeah. reason, you know, can't afford to, or can't get out, you know, so it's more accessible, I think in lots of ways, but equally, I think, you know, you don't quite, you don't get the same kind of interaction either. So I think, I think, I think to have a bit of both is good. I think, I don't think I'll ever replace being in the same room with people, but yeah. if it opens up and makes it a bit, you know, the nights that kind of the live nights, but also stream them for people who can't make it say for whatever reason, logistics or money or health reasons, whatever that might be. I think it's great to open it up more broadly too, but um, I, told, I think I they've totally also got agree. better over time though. Cause I think, yeah. They've got better at having like audience on the front row on Zoom gigs and stuff like that. So there's that more interactive mm -hmm. side of it as well. So, mm -hmm. so certainly when the pandemic was on, um, it was a lifeline for me sitting here um, because uh, um, and they were really good. Um, but when they first started off, yeah. um, they didn't have any audio. Yeah. They didn't even know how to do the audio. So I would sit here and laugh. Uh, and no I'd go four walls, and I thought I was going to be taken away because people <laughs> were like knocking on the wall. Um, but um, I mean, if Rich laughs and no one's there to hear him <laughs> laugh, did he even laugh at all? I mean, you know, I mean, that's got to be. Is, could it, did it even happen? <laughs> but then they got the audio track on, yeah, and the uh, and and the comedians could then um, time their jokes, chat to the audience, and whatever. And I used yeah. to go to always be comedy online. I used to go to um, Sean James's Monday night, uh, Happy Mondays one. Yeah, yeah, and I yeah. used to go to Jarlath Regan's Irishman Abroad. 
And so when they were done well, they were done really well. Oh, there were some brilliant ones. Really yeah. brilliant. I, I really hope it continues in some form. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I and, think you know uh, things are just changing, aren't they? Like I think I think yeah. to have the mix of two is brilliant. But yeah, but 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 I'm with you. You you can't beat uh, having a few beers on a Saturday night, having a meal with yeah. your friends, and then going into a comedy club, Definitely. sitting down and saying, right, entertain yeah. me, and you're in the moment. Anything yeah. can happen, and it's yeah. just the most magical thing. Yeah. It really oh, yeah, is. Yeah, totally. And just yeah. you just laugh so differently as well, I find. I mean, yeah. I, you know, I laugh watching stuff online or at home, but when you're in that room full of people and you're kind of, oh, yeah, it's just there's no better feeling, is it, when when you're, <laughs> on, you're either the audience or performing, to actually be in that room when it's happening there. It's just, it's a real It's just fantastic, and that's why we do it me and yeah. you you know you're yeah. all the comedian that's why the comedians exist that's why this blog yeah. exists that's why the podcast exists it's wonderful um i've so much enjoyed talking to you You've been a fantastic guest been really real good guest um oh. is there anything else you'd like to say before we go so as uh, uh, what's your social media handle do you have a podcast are you writing a book anything <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, in all my free time, I'm getting all those set up. Also, writing a world winning, award winning um, series and sitcom and uh, a world tour. But aside from that, um, uh, well, I just thought it's been brilliant. It's been so great to have a chat with you. It's always great seeing you at gigs, but you know, really brilliant to be here as well. Um, Thank you. Uh, social media, it's it's at that Kate Martin on Twitter, Instagram. It's the same, um, same on all of those. But, That's yeah, great. It's well, it's been great to chat. Thank you so much for your time. I am looking forward very, very much to seeing you very soon live. Make me laugh again. And all the very best to you. Brilliant. Thanks so you much, take Rich. take care. You take care. Thanks.